Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. It's very good to be with you again for another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And my name is Phil Thompson. It's good to be with you, as I said, and uh, we're company called JSL Solutions, and uh, we help churches. We help churches do lots of great things, right, Steve? We do, and we have some products to help too, right? (laughs) What would those products be (laughs) during this awkward time? We provide streaming for uh, through streamingchurch.tv. We have uh, Church App Live, which is a a mobile app, uh, myflock.com, which is church management websites, and our new thing, greeter.church. All right. Good deal. So, and and this podcast, if you're new to us, is it's it's not always tech related. It's mostly tech related, but we talk a lot of things about helping church leaders, pastors, volunteers. Uh, we're we're here to help the church. That's what we're all about. So, speaking of helping the church, we have a guest today. His name is Michael uh, Lukaszewski, and Michael has been around in in uh, doing ministry stuff for a long time. Uh, he's on the line with us here. Michael, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us today. Well, guys, thank you so much for having me. I really uh, appreciate the uh, the time that we can hang out today. Yeah, it's awesome. So just give our listeners a little bit. What's your background? Just briefly, you know, who the heck are you? <laughs> well, you know, I've been trying to figure that out myself. So uh, I, was a, uh, I was a pastor for about uh, 15 years or so. Started uh, working for churches when I was 18 as a college freshman and worked as a youth pastor for a while, moved to Atlanta, started a church in Atlanta, did that for about five or six years. And then for the last few years, I've been doing coaching, consulting, and helping pastors and church leaders all around the country. So uh, I get to have a lot of fun doing what I love doing. That's awesome. Where, where are you based at right now? We're in Atlanta. And so uh, we live north of Atlanta. Um, okay. up in a, in a cool little town. I live, uh, it's, it's kind of funny cause Atlanta is huge for people that, right. that know Atlanta. Uh, but I live next to a horse farm, oh. which is cool. Cause I can look at other people's horses and I don't have to deal with them. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> I have a sister in Atlanta. She's been there for quite a while. Oh yeah. That's she... yeah. We love it. We've been here since 2005 and it's a great place to live. Uh, it is a nice area. So uh, you've got a website. Uh, you've actually got several websites, I think, but one of them is called churchfuel.com. I think I got that right. Churchfuel.com. Yeah, that's right. So, so what is churchfuel.com? Well, a few years ago, um, you know, when I was when I started a church and, and was pastoring this church, there were a lot of things I needed to do and had no idea how to do them. Uh, I went to seminary, got a got a, a seminary Bible degree, and loved that part. But you know, I didn't know how to do a lot of stuff that was in church. And so here I am trying to lead a church, and it's growing and it's doing well. But I didn't know how to do a lot of stuff. So out of that pain, birthed this company. And what we do at Church Fuel is we create a ton of practical how-to resources for pastors. And so we've got digital downloads, you know job descriptions, documents, spreadsheets, templates, just kind of the maybe the business side of church a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got some coaching products all around different topics that 
are in the church, like how to recruit volunteers, how to start a second service, um, how to preach, you know, just, just the practical how-to of ministry is, is what we focus on. So that's, uh, we, that's, uh, uh, my, my company, that's my business. And so we've got about five or six people that work for us and, um, we get to equip pastors all around the country with, uh, what I think are pretty good resources. Cool. All right. So you said how to preach. That's a pretty broad topic. What, uh, that is a broad topic. And that's because I preach a lot of bad sermons that I force people to listen to, <laughs> you know, so, um, I still do. So, <laughs> So I figure if people have to listen to us, we could at least try to at least work on it a little bit. So, so this, uh, so churchfuel.com, uh, is this, uh, targeted to, for a church that's like a mid-sized church or a larger church or, uh, startups or small or, or maybe yeah, all great of the question. Above? Yeah. Great question. Um, so I think our sweet spot of who we target and I mean, you'll understand this and this is probably true for businesses, nonprofits mm-hmm. and churches you know, kind of, kind of the person we shoot for is a pastor of a, of a church that has a few staff. So maybe like two, three, four people on staff churches, somewhere around 200, 300 people. Um, and so I would say probably 80% of our churches are around the, you know, two to 500 range and we'll have mega churches and we'll have brand new, uh, like I got an email yesterday from a 24 year old who is starting a brand new church and, He's got a small group that basically meets in his apartment living room. And so they'll be all over the map, but our kind of our sweet spot is that, that small to medium sized church. Okay, good. So, um, what makes, I mean, I I know there's different, uh, groups out there, different, I guess you might say coaching for ministers and, and those kind of things, but what, what really makes church fuel different from some of those other groups that are out there trying to help churches? Yeah, well, we love, um, I mean, I like to think we're a really good team player. And uh, I think one of the things that makes us different is that we are very practical and we really try to focus on the how-to of ministry and, you know, answering, answering the strategic questions. And so we don't do a whole lot of theology. We don't do a lot of Bible training. Um, we really try to dig into that when you want to know how to do something, we'll have some steps for you. So a lot of our resources will come with like what we call 90 day action guides for here's what to say, here's what to do, here's when to do it. And just to try to make it very step-by-step, very practical, um, kind of our tagline is insanely practical. And we just try to keep it that way. Mm, Very good. All right. So is, um, I was looking at your website and I can't remember if I saw this or not, but is there an opportunity to um, network and coordinate with other ministries that are there as yeah, well? That's it- a, yeah, that, yeah, that's a great question. So kind of our core uh, product, if you will, is a membership that we call Church Fuel One. And we call it One because we just say, hey, if there's one resource that you get, you know, th- this should be it. And what that comes with is it comes with uh, courses throughout the year. So we do a bunch of training. It comes with all of our documents, spreadsheets, templates that we update constantly. Like we just added 12 new documents to it this week. Um, but it also comes with a community thing. And I think that's the secret sauce. So we'll do like member hangouts where we all will get 25 different people on a zoom call. Uh, we've got a private Facebook group. We do office hours where our members can just call up and get one-on-one help. 
And that's not a premium feature. That's not an upsell. It's just, it's just included in the membership because we really want to connect pastors with, with others. So we, we just think we learn better that way. Is that is it typically the, the senior pastors that are getting on and, and coordinating, or may, will you have other ministry leaders be able to coordinate with other ministry leaders? Or yeah, we'll have some. Yeah, we'll have some others too. So a member, like one of our memberships, it actually comes with individual logins for for the whole church staff. And so a lot of times a senior pastor will will hop on and walk through something, or if they are a um, a good senior pastor, they will delegate it to somebody else, <laughs> and then somebody else will come on and and learn that way. So you, you're working with churches probably all over the place. Um, what what would you say would be probably the most common struggle that that many church leaders or churches in general? What what do you think would be the most common struggle that you have found as you are working with these churches? Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one problem that we just consistently hear. And it takes a different format, and so I'm I'm kind of generalizing and summarizing here. Um, but but the word I would use is is engagement. Is like our people just aren't engaging, and so it takes this flavor. It's like, hey, we really try to tell our our members to invite people, but they just don't invite. Or hey, we're really we really talk about kind of the ministry and the mission and and how important it is to give, but they just don't give. Uh, or we really, we really ask them to serve or get in a small group, but no matter how much I preach on it or talk about it, you know, they're just not taking those steps. And what happens is when people don't, when the, when the church feel like the regular attenders, members, kind of however it's structured, when the regular people don't engage, it's very difficult for a church to grow. And so the organization of the church, like the, the whole ministry, the whole church together, it kind of, it just, it just kind of is flat. And so we really try to come along and try to help with that engagement piece. And the secret to getting people to engage is really not preaching or it's really not trying to cast vision. I mean, those things, most pastors can preach and they have a vision or else they wouldn't be doing that. They'd be doing something else. And so it's not like throwing more on the fire or work. There, there really are a lot of systems and strategies and behind the scenes things to fix. And when we kind of work on those things, we kind of set the church up for a little more success. So when you when you say when you use the term engagement, uh, get, give me a little more specific. When you say engagement, are you, are you talking about inviting people over the, to homes and having dinner together, or is there something more? Well, about- not it's 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 doing something. It's really doing something. So you could put it in the term of volunteers. So um, like we have a we have a course uh, for our members called recruit recruit volunteers fast. Like that's what the name of the course is because. I'm not very creative at naming things, so I just name it what it is. Um, I was joking with a guy today that if I started a restaurant, I would be the guy that just put the sign out that just said restaurant. Um, but, I can understand that. But, I can relate so, to that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like I don't know how to name stuff creatively. But so, so, so engagement when it comes to volunteers. This is the pastor who's constantly preaching on volunteerism. There's always a need in the bulletin. It's like, hey, we really need somebody to help with the kids. We're really looking for volunteers to do this. We really need volunteers to do this. They're always trying to get volunteers. And it seems like no matter what they say or no matter what they do, there are always plenty of people sitting on the bench that just won't get into the game. Mm-hmm. So we, we think that's an engagement problem. The people in the church are not engaging with the ministry in the church. There's a disconnect there. And so how can we come alongside a pastor or church leader 
and say, okay, here are some strategies, here's some things you can do in order to get people to volunteer or get people to give or get people in a small group or a Sunday school class. So how do we get people in the church to take steps? Okay, I see. So developing some strategies to, to really help uh, get these people connected. Do, do you have some? Yeah. My, my, uh, my wife was uh, a Sunday school teacher for a long time, and her, her chief complaint was she, she hated to recruit and try to get people. So she, mm-hmm. she really wouldn't do it. <laughs> she, did, she, didn't, yeah. she was not good at it. She, she felt terrible trying to ask people. And so and it's always a tough area to get people to is the children's ministry area. So mm-hmm. if she were on the phone here, what would is there some uh, one thing or something that you'd a tip or something that you'd be able to share with her to to uh, draw some people in or what's what's the do you have an example of what she could do? Yeah, well, yeah, super super question, and again, very common and very common in that children's ministry area. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's what here's here's what I would say without knowing details or special circumstances. I would say that the number one person to recruit that your wife should recruit is actually a recruiter. <laughs> and so instead of one person kind of shouldering the whole weight of the whole ministry, I've got to get the volunteers. I've got to get the curriculum. I've got to set up the room. I've got to take care of the kids. I've got to create policies. It's a pretty difficult job description, particularly in kids ministry. But there are people that are very much wired to recruit. They don't want to follow through on anything. In fact, they can't follow through. They are not detail people. That sounds like my They're wife. People. No, it sounds like it's. It's kind of funny <laughs> yeah. how one of our former children's leaders was really good at recruiting. You know, oh Randy, yeah, yes, Randy. Yes. We don't want to use his name, but it's, it, it's Randy White. That's his name. <laughs> and we thought if we only, if we only had Randy, should we should have? My wife should have yeah. uh, been recruiting Randy because he was a great recruiter. He was yeah, but yeah. he was not. Yeah. He wasn't so, the greatest in the other fe- pieces though. Yeah. That's true. That, that's no, that, a good yeah, point. That's, but that's, yeah, that's exactly, you guys nailed it, because there's somebody in a ministry that is actually no good running the ministry, but is perfect at recruiting. This is why the Army has recruiters. Yeah, that, yeah, and the recruiters a, aren't the drill sergeants. That's you know? a really good point. I, I like that. I was, just speak, I was just meeting with my leadership team the other day, kind of our board, and uh, one of the things I was pounding the table about was, it, it, you've got to do more than just put something in a program and even announce it. You've got to do more if you want to get people involved. You've got to, you know, do much more than just expect an announcement to get the job done. And um, that's good. Yeah. I like that. I like the recruiting idea. That's that's a really good idea. I'm going to or, steal that and yeah, make it mine. Hire a recruiter, yes, yeah. instead of. That is, that's good. Yeah, recruiter, recruiter, and then your job's done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, moving along here a little bit, we we got some more time here. You know, I, I've seen some stats out there, and I, I'm sure you have too. And and I don't know how accurate they are. I think they are, but there's been some stats out there that say that U.S. churches, churches in the United States, the attendance has been in decline for years. And um, I, I think that's probably true from what I've seen. Uh, and if you agree with that, why do you think? I know we're kind of changing gears here, but but why why do you think that is? Why do you think attendance in the United States for most churches, or at least a segment, is, is dropping? Yeah, um, and I do think. I mean, that's a very general statement, but I think it's in general true. And I, I do think that. I think it's probably uh, you know to try to make a very complicated issue simple. I think there's a couple of reasons for it. Number one. I think those who 
are committed to the church or committed to the Lord uh, and would say, yes, I go to church, I'm a part of church, are going less frequently. And so that's going to drive that number down. Right. And so they're not anti-church. They're not against it. They don't think it's pointless. They don't think it's lost its way. They're just, you know, they're going to sports. They've got kids that are doing different stuff. They, you know, they're just mm-hmm. busier. I think people are busier. 50 yeah. years ago to today, I think people are just in general busier mm-hmm. uh, with different stuff. So I think that's, that's part of it. And so um, the person who is active church member may only be at church two weekends of the month, mm-hmm. but they still consider themselves an active church member. So that's yeah. that's part of it. The other thing is, I think, in general, um, churches could do a better job of talking about the things that people want and need to hear. So, you know, I'm not sure that anybody's driving around right now in any town in America looking for, you know, what the scripture references for Sunday sermon are going to be on the church sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think anybody's searching around for that. What they're having problems with is with their kids and their marriage, they have doubts. Mm-hmm. Is there a safe place for me to process? I mean, just dealing with stuff that people are actually dealing with. Right. Um, churches that do that well get the get the slack for being watered down. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case all the time. Yeah. I think it's that they are just making a concerted effort to to talk about stuff people care about. Well, they're trying to be relevant, which yeah, I, I'm all about. I mean, you definitely have to be relevant. But I, Steve and I were just talking over lunch how the the great generation. I think Tom Brokaw wrote a book, which I think that's the title, the, the, the greatest, greatest generation. Yeah, the greatest which generation. I, I read years ago. Yeah. But you know, he, we were talking about how that generation is very loyal, and you know, we'll see the same hairdresser. It's very institutionally or organizationally loyal. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they will go, but but obviously that generation is is getting old and and you know passing away, and the newer generation coming up doesn't necessarily have those same qualities yeah. or traits, I guess. Right. Uh, and so, as you just said, you you get people coming to church once or twice a month, and oh yeah, I go to church all the time, once or twice a month, you know. Yeah. And uh, and they move. I mean, people move a lot yeah. more oh, than yeah. than you know. I think you talked about the loyalty. People will be loyal to their employer and, and work in wherever they work for, for, for 30, 50 years. That was not uncommon. Right. right. You know, to find somebody who's been at the same company for five years now, it's very uncommon. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's very true. I yeah. was in, I experienced that as well. I mean, there was, uh, it was, it was not uncommon to, you know, you got a job out of college and you work for that company until you retired and, um, I guess I was towards the tail end of that, but that just doesn't happen anymore. No, it doesn't. The, so no, very rare. So the way to, and you just you you alluded to it already. So the way to to maybe, so to speak, fix this is to uh, make sure that as as leaders, as as people involved in church work, that we are being relevant, that we are actually not afraid to go to certain areas, certain topics that that affect younger people's families. And, and can really fill that need uh, as opposed to just having yeah. yeah yeah and I think I think you know 80 percent of your content doesn't have to change at all I mean it's I, I still I still believe that a passion needs to take the Bible open up and says here's what the Bible says but how we preface it how we apply it you know how how we talk about it mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 way we approach the topics if we are not paying attention to our culture we we are being bad stewards 
really. It, it would be like, well, I'm, I'm getting up and, and preaching my sermon in Spanish, and nobody in my congregation speaks Spanish, but I'm truthful. I'm accurate. I'm honoring the, the, the word. You know, all those things may be true, but I'm not speaking a language that people understand. If I'm speaking in a Hispanic church, I need to be speaking Spanish, you know? Right. And so the language of the culture, I think, is very important to understand. And it is, it's a, to me, it's a cop-out to, for when people just say, well, I'm just sp- speaking the truth and, um, you know, be as it may. Well, you know, God will God'll take care of it. I think that's lazy. And um, I, don't, I don't think it connects with people. Yeah. Do you have, um, I'm sure you, you've probably had some customers or people that you've worked with that um, either yourself or, or your material said, here's what you need to do, and the church is unwilling to do whatever it may be. Do you, do you see that, where people come so loyal yeah, to you know, whatever, but we're having service at 11, it's going to be the, or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, change is tough, and, and you know, I always try to when I hear those, it's, it's very easy for me to just be cynical and go, well, Hey, there's, you know, there's the big problem and you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I get just as loyal to my ideas. It's just that my ideas were only like a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. Um, you know, so, so I totally understand why churches like things the way they are. And, and I like things the way that, that I like them. And I'm, I'm just as, um, you know, intolerant, I guess, of, of, of change, even maybe being younger than some of some, some other people or whatnot. So change is hard, no, no matter who it is. So I think the way to approach that is, you know, if I, if I got handed a traditional church with an 11 o'clock service and that would not be the first thing I would change that, that is a massive, it is a, it is a very unimportant, important thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't be, the, that wouldn't be the hill I would, I would want to die on. Uh, I would I would want to try to find some common ground that maybe didn't have to do with the service times, knowing the fact that service times can be a real thing in some churches. So uh, as somebody that was pastoring and now you're doing what you do here with churchfuel.com, let me throw you a curveball here. We've got a few more minutes, so I can throw you I a like curveball curve here. Here you go. I'll strike so, out completely. There you go. So, you know, let's talk about your experiences, like maybe from the last year or so. From the last year, is there something you've learned, you know, as you've worked with various pastors and various churches, just maybe just in the last six months or the last year where you said, where you go, oh, uh huh. That's I didn't realize that before because I've been involved with church work for a long time myself, longer than I want to admit. Uh, but but you know, normally I'm just working with churches. But even even the last three years with this church I'm working with now, I'm like, oh man, this really I, I didn't think about this before, or it caught me off guard. Is there something like that that you have experienced the last six months or last year? Well, that's a that's a great question. Um, I, I think I, I think over the last year, there have been a lot of things I've seen that 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 churches are doing really well, and so kind of um, I have a consistent aha. You know, it's like I always kind of go away from it and come back to it, and it's probably it's probably not all that inspiring or. You know, I can't, you know, people would go, well, of, co- of course, no doubt you're an idiot. Um, I, I always come back to it, to this and just say, you know, pe- most 99.999% of people who work in a church, whether they're pastors or the children's ministry, people, volunteers, part-time, bivocational, you know, if you are working for a church, 
you that is a very commendable thing to do. You know, and I think a lot of times, and I've even been guilty of 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 you know bad mouthing pastors, and I was one. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and and just not not and just not respecting the role, I think, is what it is. And so there's that, that a very commendable, very respectful role. And the reason you got into it is because you had this calling and this passion and this drive to help people. And that's a very commendable thing. And one of the reasons we do what we do at Church Hill is we really believe that, and, and we just think pastors are over-visioned and under-resourced. Mm. So vision isn't the solution to every problem. Okay. It's a solution. You got to have it. It's, just, it's, it's a requirement, but it's not a solution to every problem. That there needs to be some resources, um, even even in the areas of technology and, and video and, and website and all those things. You can't just have a vision for doing stuff. There actually needs to be some processes right. and some best practices and some really solid tools on the ground to be able to execute that. And so, again, this is not an aha thing for me, but I always come back to it time and time again. Mm-hmm. We'll have a pastor sign up for our program and I'll ask them a little bit more, tell me about their church. And they are typically in a scenario where there's, there's, there's a lot of really great things, but there's a lot of worry. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of, we got all this opportunity in front of us. And I just always feel very thankful for that pastor or that that church leader going, man, they, they could be doing a lot of different stuff, but they're doing this. And that's, that's to be commended. Absolutely. All right. So we're just about out of time here. We're talking with, uh, Michael Lukaszewski and Michael, your website, you've got a couple, but one of them we're talking about here is churchfuel.com. And you just mentioned, you know, like if a pastor signs up, if somebody's interested in this, I mean, what's the first couple steps they do? Obviously they go to churchfuel.com. What happens from there? Yeah, well, you know, unless we change our website between now and the time when somebody's listening to this, there's probably a join button in the top right. And uh, that that page there has all the information kind of about our core uh, program. It's called Church Fuel One. It's a monthly membership program. We don't do any contracts. We don't do any long-term commitments. We, we are not, you know, the cable company trying to keep people around forever. Um, but you can join for a month. You can kind of see what you get, experience it, and see if it's something that that can help you and help your church. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go to the second month, you go to the second month. Most of our members end up staying for a long time because they find the resources and the community really valuable. And so it's super easy to start. It's super easy to stop if you want to stop. Um, but the, all the information should should be right there on on the page. All that you get, how to sign up, you know, how to participate, and all that stuff is is right there. Okay, awesome. Sounds good. Well, I commend you wanting to help churches. It certainly is um, uh, pastors, volunteers, ministry leaders definitely need, they definitely need people to come by their side and encourage them and and also give them practical tools. And it sounds like you're doing just that. Well, I, you know, I'm grateful to be able to do it and I'm thankful for, uh, for you guys also having this, this platform and putting, you know, resources out, um, you know, free things and podcasts and we have so many cool tools at our disposal today, it's, and and you know it's really it's really great to be living when we're living. Yeah, well, we we appreciate that. So, all right, so we are out of time. So, if you want to go to the website, check out Michael's website. It's churchfuel.com. Check it out, and uh, 
As always, if you want to give us a little feedback on this podcast or anything else for that matter, uh, maybe you disagree with some of the things Michael said or I said, uh, we welcome your feedback, even if you don't always agree with us and you just send us an email. That's probably the best way to do it. Support at streamingchurch.tv. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, Michael, thanks so much for taking some time out of your busy day to do this podcast. Well, my pleasure, and I appreciate you guys, and uh, wish you and all your listeners uh, a great day today. All right. Well, thank you. So uh, we are out of here. He is Steve Lacey. We've been been talking to Michael uh, Lukaszewski, and I'm Phil Thompson, and we will catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care.